I'm Erin Wilson, and you are listening to Inside NC Labor, a podcast designed to inform and educate North Carolina citizens on the role that the Department of Labor plays in state government. Welcome back to Inside NC Labor. My name is Meredith Watson. I'm a public information officer, and I'm here with my co-host... My name is John Mallow. I'm also a public information officer here at the North Carolina Department of Labor. I'm here with Jessica Foster from DPR Construction and Jennifer Haywood, the Deputy Commissioner from the North Carolina Department of Labor. Thanks, Meredith and John. We are happy to be back with you today. I'm Jennifer Haywood. You may remember me from last month's podcast, but uh, this one's a special one for us because March is Women's History Month and the second week of March is also when we recognize uh, Women in Construction Month. Uh, and I will turn it over to Jessica to reintroduce herself. I'm Jessica Foster with DPF Construction and thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll go around the room just saying hello, what your name is and who you work for. Uh, yeah, I'll start. Uh, my name is Marissa McClellan. I'm with DPR Construction. I'm Hillary Rigg and I'm with Paragon Safety Group. <laughs> I'm Leslie Carrillo. I'm working with DPR Construction as well. My name is Rochelle George and I work with EIG Electrical. Well, thank you all so much for your time today. And we just really wanted to spend this time talking about the role of women in construction in what has largely been for a long time a male-dominated industry. So I'm really excited to be sitting here today with five women in the construction industry. And we're just going to ask you a series of questions about your background and how you feel about your the work that you do and anything else that you want the listeners to know. So I'm going to let Jessica take the first question. Yeah, so it'd be great to find out. Um, Marissa, what is your current role and how long have you been doing that? So I'm a senior project manager, again with DPR. Um, I've been with the company for 12 years, um, had held different roles over that period of time. So I started off as a project engineer um, in the field and then switched to uh, estimating and pre-construction. I was doing that for about seven years and then switched back into operations, doing cost control and then back into a project management role. That's amazing, right? To be able to see so many people doing so many things. Hillary, how about you? Same question. What's your role and how long have you been in it? So my current role, I'm the client services manager for again, Paragon Safety Group. Um, I've been with the company uh, for about seven and a half years. I started, um, I did not come from a safety background, construction safety background, but I started as an office manager, training coordinator, and I've also worn several different hats. Um, and now working with client services. It's interesting that you say that, and I'm just going to interject here just for a second because I also do not come from a safety background, yet here I am working for the Occupational Safety and Health Division of the North Carolina Department of Labor. And while I had been with the department for 17 years before I came into this role, this is the first time I had been hands-on into the nitty-gritty of safety and health and truly seen how important it is and what our role is. So thank you again. Anyone else want to speak to that? Leslie, how about you? Oh, my current role is in DPR. It's I am a finisher and I've been doing it for two years now. What is a finisher? Finisher, well, it's working with drywall. 
Okay. You make sure that the walls, all the joints, all, all the screws, you make sure it while it's perfect and beautiful so the painter can come and paint it. That's important. Yeah. And Rochelle, can you talk to us a little bit about what your progression in the industry has been in your field? Like, Talk to us a little bit about how you started. Well, thank you for having me here and all of us here, first off. But it started really at a young age. I loved to build. My dad built. It seemed like he could build anything. And I pretty much followed in his footsteps, and I just never stopped. Like, I, I like the big stuff, you know, I like it big, heavy, you know. But as I'm getting older, I think, you know, like, oh, I'm tired, getting a little tired of all the heavy. But um, I love it. I love being in construction. What do you see as your next step? Oh, that's, that's kind of a big question because I'm kind of at a point where there could be different opportunities available mm -hmm. to me. And... I go. I don't know. That's I just really like to see what's out there mm -hmm. and what comes my way and whatever it is. Um, I'm sure I'm gonna love it. And Rochelle, what's interesting is that you're an electrician, correct? Yes. And um, what do you say to other young ladies that may be interested and in, didn't even really have? They may not have someone you know to look up to or that male figure that's in the trades or in construction. What would you say to them? I would say maybe find yourself somebody that you can look up to, someone such as yourself, um, many of the ladies here, all the ladies here, and just keep going. Did you all have female mentors as you were working your way into the industry? Personally, not, not significantly. Um, one of the reasons I actually got into construction was my both my mom and my stepmom were kind of related. I, um, my stepmom worked for a construction company, but more in an accounting role. My mom was did more land development and that sort of side of things. So I saw it, and so I had that aspiration. But as far as once I got into the industry, I saw there were women that I looked up to, um, but didn't have that true mentorship relationship. But plenty with other with with men who did a great job and were fantastic advocates for me. Um, but not necessarily that, that true female mentorship. I would say I did when I first arrived at Paragon. Um, we were a small safety um, consulting company and the owner's mother actually worked there. And so she kind of took me under her wing and, and really mentored me and, and I learned a lot from her. She's retired now, but um, she um, was a woman in the industry. And so it was great to have her as a role model and someone to learn from. Mm -hmm. And that's really the challenge because when I started in the late 90s, there were not many women that would have uh, been able to mentor myself. And that's why it's important to do these types of podcasts because we really want to hear, you know, the advocacy and some of the other things maybe that um, you're doing to help other women grow in the industry. Leslie, is there a specific um, accomplishment or something that you're just so proud of, something at work that you're uh, working through or working with? Um, well, I look at myself from when I started and from everything that I have accomplished since I started. Because when I started um, construction, I didn't know nothing about construction, like nothing. Not even what was the ladder. <laughs> so I was coming from not knowing anything until now. It makes me really proud of, you know, keep learning and 
knowing more stuff. So I say I accomplished a lot about how I do my my work, how I perform. So I'm really I'm really happy with that at work. It's great because I've got to sit back and watch her learn. Like <laughs> you know, we've jumped jobs, different different jobs, and they're always there, you know. And she's I've just watched her like grow. It's pretty awesome. That is really neat. Yeah. Well, how would you answer that question, Marcel? How what would you say is your the accomplishment you're most proud of? I would have to say just believing in myself I found out that I could do more than you that I thought like you show up on a job site with tons of men you know and you feel about this big and then you get up there and you do it and you all become friends and co-workers and everybody builds tr you know trust especially and respect on the job working together and uh, just finding myself that I can do it you know, give yourself sure. more credit. <laughs> I'm sure the still. more you work, the more confidence you feel. Absolutely. And I love that comment because it's not specifically about one tangible uh, memory in your mind per se, but just the fact to know that you feel confident enough to know that I can show up to work and give my all and it's right there along the lines with many other people, not just people, but men, right? And being in an industry like this, um, we all know it hasn't been always easy. Marissa, can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the tougher challenges? Um, I look back at when I first started in the industry, and I think one thing that I, um, I think a lot of women probably struggle with this is the the image of women being emotional um, and so the construction is a very high tense environment a lot of times and there's a lot going on there's a lot of personalities that you're uh, conversing with and so uh, I struggled with the being perceived as being emotional versus just being really passionate about what I was doing and so I think what I learned though was and this would be an, like some advice I'd give is I learned to just really try and stick to the facts you can't be called emotional or overreacting or anything like that if you're just really paying attention to here are the facts, here's the decision we need to make and really work at it as a team instead of taking your personal feelings out of the situation. Um, but that was something that was a growing experience, especially I was in my you know early 20s. It was new to working in general, but let alone working with almost all men. So um, that was probably one of the, the harder struggles earlier on in my, in my career. And that's a great piece of advice, not just for the construction industry, but really across your whole life experience, I think. Absolutely. Because you're going to encounter that anywhere you go. How about you, Hillary? What have been some of your toughest moments working with clients and different uh, projects? I've just, uh, or similar um, to what Marissa said, um, and just being, trying to be open-minded um, and finding that, um, developing a support system, because um, it can be tough. Um, I know when I first started and we're meeting people, they just thought, oh, here's the new young girl. She's just the secretary. I got referred to as the secretary often, which was not necessarily my role. So just learning to advocate for myself and stand up for myself and um, really show that I knew my stuff and, and learning more about safety and, um, and going through training myself to make sure I was 
um, educated and knew what I was talking about and, and to be confident in what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Leslie, what about you? Well, for me, the most, I guess, challenges was getting on the field and get myself used to work with only men most of the times. It was really hard because I would, you know, sometimes as a woman, you're trying to look for other women, you know, to relate to or just talk to them. And sometimes you don't have that. And it's only like men. And it's like the way they talk to you, it's not, I guess, it's nice, the nicest way. So you have to deal with that. You also also have to deal with like I'm 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 21, so I'm pretty much experienced what you ever experienced. <laughs> so it's just um, I'm dealing with it, you know, and I have to uh, I guess put myself up there and be confident. And if they ever you know try to I guess make me feel less for not knowing or things like things like that, it has happened. So I was trying to you know. It kind of opened my eyes and to like, you know, not let, let those type of things affect me. So I have to speak up more. So it's one of the things, the things that I'm still dealing with. Until this day, I'm still dealing with um, trying to get used to them. And their each person has their own um, persona. So, you know, you, you have to deal with a lot of people. So that sometimes they don't really... Um, the words that they use are not really makes you comfortable, but mm-hmm. you just have to deal with them. But at the same time, like put them to stop if it's making you uncomfortable. So it's tough. <laughs> Speaking up is is something that is difficult to learn, but it's also something that's really important to learn. And you know, I I started working for the Department of Labor when I was in my early twenties, and I very much felt that need to have to prove myself in what I was doing and even after all these years I still have days where I feel like I have to prove myself but um I think that's also just innately kind of a woman's trait in some mm -hmm. ways is that that need to like go above and beyond like they talk about how a lot of times men will apply for a job that they might not be ready for and prove it to where women feel like they have to be overqualified for it before they apply for it and so that that proving yourself is kind of always there um and i think in an industry like construction where you are always learning no matter how long you've been in the the industry or whatever role you're in like no one can know everything about all the different systems and construction types and you know leadership styles i mean there's so many aspects to it so i think for for women they always feel like you don't know enough and you're always trying to learn more and reprove yourself and it's just like this ever ongoing um, aspect mm-hmm. well we talked a little bit a few minutes ago about whether you had a female mentor when you were coming when you were first coming along do you feel like you're at the point where you can be a mentor to other women in the industry? Or maybe you're already experiencing that one. Um, I personally, when I first started, I didn't have no mental female, I would say. But um, now I feel like there's um, women who join the, um, the trade, you know, in, in the field. And sometimes I go to them and and I see I see myself in them. 
and I try to, you know, um, encourage them, and I will tell them what I wish to know when I was started. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I try to be a mentor for them and be there for them when they need, because females need that. You know, we we need um, that support from each other. So I always try to encourage them. You know, if if you don't like it, like speak up. If somebody's making you feel uncomfortable in some type of way, like speak up, because a lot of times they're really afraid to speak up on, on things that makes them feel uncomfortable because they have this thing where like, I need a job. This is the job that I need. Um, so I can't lose it because if I speak, I may lose it, you know? And in reality, it's not like that. You know, if you speak up, it will resolve. Like they will e- either remove from the job or um, it will. they will take actions for it. So it just, and that's good to hear that there is some advocacy and that you feel that you're at a position now that you can help others so that they don't have to go through the things uh, similar to what you felt you dealt with, right? Um, and the construction industry is such a big melting pot. So not mm-hmm. only are there people from different experiences and backgrounds, but different countries and um, you know just uh, different styles, right? So what about you, Rochelle? What do you think? I know you have some upcoming opportunities. Uh, are you excited about the possibility of being able to be that mentor for other women? Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be moving to Florida to go start a new division for EIG. And so, yes, I hope that we hire many women and I can help them navigate the field of construction from my experiences. And yeah, I think it's gonna be great. But touching on challenges as well for women when you, when you are on the job and sticking up for yourself and keep holding your demeanor, not falling apart when someone comes at you and you know, like, oh, you didn't do this right or, or whatnot, because they don't make the job any easier when a woman shows up, <laughs> you know, nothing changes. But, um, I would love to help women coming up in the field, absolutely. Well, I thought this was an interesting question, but kind of along those lines, knowing what you know now and learning what you've learned, what would you tell yourself if you had to go back to when you started? What's the best piece of advice you could give your former self when you first got into this work? I think my, for myself, it would have been to kind of slow down. <laughs> you know, you, you ain't got to run everywhere. To, you know, make your point. You're going to get the job done. You don't have to, yeah, just slow down. You know, figure it all out. You'll figure it out. I don't know if this is exactly what you were trying to say, but it made me think of, um, similarly, I was in the mindset of, like, trying to run as far as like advancing to the next role too. It was like, all right, what's the next project? How do I get the next promotion? How do I move my way up faster? Instead of just like being there in the moment and just learning as much as I could in whatever experience at that point in time, like the advancements will come. Like it's just part of being in the industry and like being good at your job, but um, taking the time to really like ask all the questions you can, learn from all the people around you on your team, like continue just to grow and like be in the moment on that, whatever experience you're in. Absolutely. 
Like it goes from, for myself, learning material, you know, what you're using on the job, what the clients want, to uh, learning to read blueprints, scheduling, communicating with other crafts. There's, there's a lot to it, even just being out in the field, you know. How about you, Hillary? What would you tell your past self? Um, yeah, sure. To, to piggyback off of what you guys were saying, to just be a sponge and uh, soak in as much as you can. And don't be afraid to speak up and ask questions if you don't understand something. Um, you know, there's so much to learn and there's so many different opportunities in construction. So whatever you can do to, to learn more, engage in different trade associations, um, go to networking events, um, just get out there just to, to learn and figure out what else is out there and be open-minded because, you know, I didn't think I would speak, we said this already, never thought I'd be in construction safety. Um, did not even see that as an avenue, but um, just being open-minded and learning, learning more about it, I was like, this is absolutely something I would like to do and learn more about. So, um, yeah. Myself as well. Uh, during a little time off, I went and got my OSHA 30, and like, I enjoyed it. Like, I wanna go back and keep digging in more, you know? Like, come at me, ask me, you know? <laughs> but uh, absolutely. Good, you should. safety's all awesome. <laughs> That's when I found out that uh, safety full-time was for me. I was just, kept asking questions and the guys kept turning around like, if you do not quit asking questions. <laughs> Um, so just like we all have and share a passion for safety, women advocacy, um, we're celebrating it not just this month, but always, right? So I personally want to um, thank you ladies for being here and everything that you do. And um, we have just a few more questions. Um, but Rochelle, I wanted to ask you. Yes. We're talking about the Department of Labor and we have Miss Jennifer out here the deputy commissioner. So what are some of your thoughts about what else can uh, the OSH department do? To help women? Out in the field, I know I run across the, I think that whoever it is you work for, when you're, I think that we should have harnesses that fit women. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's a great suggestion. Because, like, they're always flapping. You know, you're on a lift, you're working at heights, you're on edges, like, and I'm constantly cinching them, cinching them down tight as you can, and then someone else comes along and uses it, undoes it, da-da-da, you know, and then you got to get back in there, cinch it, and it takes time. But I think that we should have safety harnesses, especially for women. Really, any PPE. Yeah. A lot yeah. of PPE yeah. is yeah. not fitted for women. Absolutely. So not just harnesses, but yeah. safety everything. glasses, mm -hmm. like vests, yeah. everything, everything, yeah. Yeah. gloves. It's so like it's yeah. like. And while it's a company effort to provide uh, the specifics and what's comfortable and uh, adaptable to our different bodies, right? That goes for men as well. Like whether they're you know extra small hands or mm -hmm. sure. uh, um, a hard hat that may be extra extra large um, so that goes through wow but um, to that same advocacy maybe um, you know as the slides come out and different updates maybe just challenging different pictures with women uh, 
visible and also when you have um, you know like the poster campaigns just maybe including um, just a more visible female option I think that's a great way to really get it out there to see someone in construction and it's a female it's just um, just really great to see uh, as far as inclusivity well and this is not at all this is not at all a criticism of men in any way I just think that you know whether you're male or female your perspective is shaped based on what your experience is and I did not think about this at all but someone pointed this out to me about six months ago that North Carolina had never had a female director of the Occupational Safety and Health Division I was the first female in that role it was something that I had never thought about but you know, and we've had wonderful directors of the OSH division, but they've all been male and come at it from that perspective. So it's really nice to hear and, and maybe having it, having the ability for it to relate to me more to hear these things. So thank you. Absolutely. I did get it okayed for pink too. Oh, that's through, you know, high vis. <laughs> One of the things that, that I, I want to, um, you know, mention that English session, not, not everything is bad, you know. There's always great opportunities in the field as well. You know, we always go um, through trainings, classes, you know, learning more, getting ourselves out there, you know, to get more knowledge of, you know, like reading blueprints, you know, getting all this stuff. So it just, it just, it's amazing that not everything is bad, but there's a lot of good opportunities in the field as well. Another thought I had, and so on our uh, last job site that I was on, um, we had provisions to help out with nursing mothers that were on site. So there was a room, a wellness room for people to be able to go in and pump. There was a mini fridge for them to be able to store that milk um, while they were working, that sort of thing. So we had a pretty large job site and, you know, definitely the room and capacity to make that happen. But, you know, just because you're on a smaller job site doesn't necessarily change whether or not a woman might be nursing at that time. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's anything that you guys have any input on or availability to um, influence, but um, I can't imagine being, you know, a woman out in the field who's trying to go through that time of their life, that process, and not have the resources that they need to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. And something that, you know, if you're not a female in that, in that position, you just may not recognize the need for that. Exactly. Um, so... I think maybe just to close here, um, I would just encourage all of you, uh, my, my door is always open at the Department of Labor. Um, we unfortunately are known too often for the compliance side of things, and that is a big part of what we do is compliance, but we have an equal other half that does training and that does outreach. and that does um, consultative services and things like this. Um, And our desire truly is just to um, make our services known and to be helpful. So I would just encourage you all to know that my door is always open and to to let us know what we can do to help. Thank you, appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Any last comments? Anything you wish we would have asked you? (laughs) I guess the only thing I would say is, you know, if someone's interested in getting into the construction field, do it. It's a a great industry to be in, male or female. 
there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of growth and um, definitely don't take anything we've been saying as a negative as uh, Leslie was saying you know it's it there's a lot of positive here and I think we're all have been here for as long as we have because we enjoy what we do Absolutely. there's a lot of construction in North Carolina and we're a great place to live Absolutely. I actually um, read a really great statistic that I wanted to share, um, if you guys are interested. Um, this was from NAWIC, which is the National mm-hmm. Association of Women in Construction. Um, so women made up 11% of the entire construction industry in 2022, um, which is a small percentage, but women in the U.S. earn an average, on average 82.9% of what men make. However, um, the gender pay gap is significantly smaller in construction, with women earning on average 95.5% of what men make, which is a pretty cool statistic. Um, so in fighting for equality and the pay gap and um, knowing that construction, you know, oftentimes is looked at as something that doesn't, where you can't make money, you just think of that person with a hammer and nail and some wood together or something, you know, there are so many opportunities and other things out there in construction, all different niches from design to actual labor to project management. Um, So don't limit yourself. Lots of opportunity out there. Absolutely. Great comment. And to include compliance officers. Jessica is right. We, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, about half of what we do is compliance inspections. And it is really, really important work that they do because, um, you know, while sometimes we may be responding to an accident, often um, our goal or our goal all the time is to eliminate hazards in, in the workplace. And we have a little bit over a 30% vacancy rate um, in our compliance officer positions. Uh, we have plenty of jobs open at any given time. They're open right now. Um, you uh, you can either be a safety or a health compliance officer. Um, and uh, we just changed the experience requirements on those postings that you can actually come in um, to the Department of Labor as a trainee in one of our compliance officer positions uh, with, with no relevant safety background, and we will provide you all the training you need. Uh, and I will say that we are um, we are very well staffed with female compliance officers, which I am proud of. Um, but I would love to have more. Uh, so thank you, Jessica, for reminding me of that opportunity. And thank you, ladies, so much. Um, any last final words? Thank you for bringing us all here together to talk about women. You know, yeah, in the yeah. field. In the office, there's so many avenues to get and find yourself a, a place that you'll just love being, you know, surrounded with awesome people. Yeah, you ladies are trailblazers. Yeah. Thank you for having us. We really <laughs> appreciate you. it. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much for tuning in, y'all. And remember, your safety is our priority. 